Hey everyone, it's Troy Sage here with Real Estate Talk and it is April the 8th, 2020. The buzz phrase in the real estate world right now is the forbearance stimulus package for homeowners. So I've had numerous calls and emails about forbearance and wanted to make a few things really clear to everyone what this means. So as defined or in definition, the phrase forbearance in the context of a mortgage is a special agreement between the lender and the borrower to delay foreclosure. That is exactly what it's set up for is to delay foreclosure. It is usually the first step when someone is falling behind on their payments or knows they're going to fall behind uh, on their mortgage payments. So the literal meaning of forbearance is holding back. That is the definition of the word is holding back. So when a mortgage borrower is unable to meet their repayment terms or obligations, the lenders may, they may opt to allow a forbearance and uh, not push for foreclosure. So let's talk about this for, for just a few minutes. When a buyer is buying or purchasing a property, they, uh, they reach out to a lender, um, and it's normally a loan broker or a direct lender, a bank, and some loan brokers are direct lenders, so let's not convolute what I'm trying to get at. I don't want to be criticized by loan brokers that are also direct lenders. But simply put, I'm looking to buy a home, and as I look to buy this property, I need to get qualified with a bank to borrow the money unless I have cash. So let's say I'm looking to purchase a $500,000 home. I buy the home, the bank gives me the money to purchase the property. On the note, which is what you're signing as a borrower, the note is the agreement that you have in place with the bank that states they're going to loan me uh, the $500,000, for example. And I promise to pay monthly payments at a specific interest rate that is then amortized over 15 or 30 years, depending on what I choose. And at the end of that period, if I've made all my payments on time, I will own my house with no attached lien or no attachment to the bank. I'll, I will own it free and clear. Okay? So, if I'm in a position as a homeowner with a mortgage or a home loan, and I can see that I'm not going to be able to make my payments on time, the first step is to contact your bank to ask for uh, an extension of time or a forbearance. And with this uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus uh, situation, the federal government has stepped in with the stimulus package and are working with banks and basically telling the banks that we have to offer, the banks have to offer some type of forgiveness or forbearance or delay on payments or something because right now our economy has been basically in a nutshell shut down. Uh, people can't go to work. We can't leave our house. We, If we leave our house, uh, we're required in Southern California, especially in Riverside, California, uh, in the county of Riverside, we have to wear a mask um, and we have to gear up for this virus. All right. So fair enough. I'm not going to get into the politics of that, but that's what's happening. And people are having decreased incomes or losing their income totally because of this virus. So the federal government has stepped in and said, here's what needs to be done. 
you as a bank, you have loaned this money, and now that the homeowners are in trouble due to an act of God, uh, and I say that with, uh, with all true sincerity, it's nothing that anyone could predict, which is what's considered an act of God in real estate, um, people can't make their payments. So the banks are saying, okay, now that the stimulus package is in place, we are going to consider, remember, they only have to consider a forbearance. They don't have to grant it because you signed as a as me, in, in the example, me, I signed a note saying I was going to pay it back. Um, so life changes and now I can't pay it back on, on time. So the forbearance process works very similar to a short sale process, which is a pre-foreclosure process to save people from actually going through a foreclosure, where you have to fill out an application uh, for this forbearance. And in the application, as a homeowner, you're going to have to provide your last two years tax returns, your last two months bank statements, your last two months um, check stubs, and you're going to have to prove, you're going to have to substantiate to the lender, to the bank, why you can't make your, your normal payments. And when you fill this application out, it gets sent to the bank and it goes to a department called Lost Mitigation. And the Lost Mitigation Department is strictly set up. It's bank employees that try to mitigate any loss or try to slow down any loss that the bank should be getting from your payments. So, number one, you have to fill out the application. You have to prove to the bank that you don't uh, have a means to pay right now, but you will have a means to pay in a period of time, 90 days, six months, whatever you can show the bank. As the bank goes through your application, and let's say, we'll fast forward this a little bit, let's say that you're approved for this forbearance. So some of the calls I've had are, Troy, what do I do if I'm approved on this forbearance? Is this a good deal for me? Should I do this? Should I not do this? <clears throat> Excuse me, these are the questions that you need to ask. In looking at your forbearance paperwork, that they send you. It's a proposal and it says we will allow you, for this example, we will allow you to miss payments for three months. The bank has two options. They can offer to you at the end of three months, there's a balloon payment for each month in which you have missed. So if my mortgage payment is $2,000 a month, at the end of three months, I'm going to owe my bank $6,000, the last three months payments, plus the month I'm in, month number four, another $2,000. So I'm going to owe $8,000. So when you're looking at your forbearance proposal that's sent to you before you sign off on it, that you agree to it, please look to see if there is a balloon payment. If there is a balloon payment at the end of the term, three months in my example, some forbearances are going as far as six months, but the average right now is three months, 90 days. If there's a balloon payment, you have to ask yourself, can I make this payment? If you cannot, if you don't know or are pretty positive that you won't be able to payment, forbearance is not necessarily your best option. The other thing that's very important to look at and to ask the bank to put in writing, and I cannot express deeply enough how important it is that this is put in writing, that as if you agree to the forbearance as you skip payments, how are they going to report this to the credit bureaus? Are they going to report it as no payment received? 
Are they going to report it as 30 days late? And then at the end of 30 days, now you have another 30 days and a 60 days late, and eventually you'll have a 30, 60, 90 days late. Um, or are they not going to report it at all? You need this in writing because I want you to think about this. Once this pandemic, horrible coronavirus uh, goes away, per se, and people go back to work full force, not part-time or laid off or no work at all, let's say six months to a year up the road, I now want to sell my property and buy another property. When I go to a bank or to a lender to ask for another loan, are they going to see on my credit report that I missed 90 days worth of payments? Odds are yes. Back in 2008 through 2013, when short sales were predominantly over 80% of our market, a lot of people applied for forbearance. Some people got the forbearance, and unfortunately what happened to them is when they had their balloon payment and they made the balloon payment, their credit was hit so heavy because they missed their mortgage payment for three months, it was very, very difficult for them to refinance or buy another property. So key things we want to see is the money that's being forgiven or delayed for three months, in my example. Is there a balloon payment or is it put onto the back of the loan? The other point is, is how are they going to report these payments or mispayments to the credit bureaus? Very, very important. Additionally, another thing to look for in the forbearance proposal from the lender is are they charging fees and penalties? So we need to add all of this stuff up because if we don't add it all up and we're just looking for a quick fix, and some people, that's what they're looking for. I need a quick fix for 90 days and um, I don't care how it affects me on my credit. I don't care if there's penalties. And if you're in that position, I respect that and I understand you have to do what you have to do. But think of your future. Think nine months up the road. Think a year up the road. Life changes. Look what's happened with the coronavirus. This has changed the entire world. If life changes and you need to refinance your property, pull some equity out if you have some, or you're looking to um, move up, maybe you're in a three-bedroom home and a, a year, a year and a half from now, you have another child or you need to have more space, are you going to be able to qualify for a loan? So check these. Check these things in this forbearance before you just agree to something for a quick fix. I have found in my experience and with my clients that a quick fix isn't always the best answer. Sometimes we need to just buckle down, figure out a way to pay our mortgage payment, cut back on some other expenses, and keep our house. The forbearance process is not simple, and it's not, uh, it's, it's not without scars to your credit and other things in regards to your, your financial uh, situation. And speaking of forbearance, uh, I want to talk a little bit about what's happening with the market. Um, in the past month, forbearance has become the buzzword, as I said. And according to Fortune magazine and according to, uh, I want to get my facts straight here, um, according to Forbes magazine, which I've already said, and according to the, uh, the Mortgage Bankers Association, that in the request for forbearance in the week of March 2nd, 
grew 1,270%. Think about that. 1,270%. It has grown that much in a request for forbearance for the week of March 2nd. And in the week of March 16th, it grew another 1,896%. Wow, that is over 3,000% increase of requests for forbearance. Well, that has to do with the coronavirus and people losing their jobs. But let's look to the future. What does that mean for real estate? If the forbearance process, if somebody has applied for for, for forbearance and they have been granted this uh, forbearance and they can make their payments, they're going to be fine. But how many people out of that over 3,000% increase? That is a 3,000% increase to the average. That's just not from zero to 3,000% of the people with mortgages. There is a normal curve to people applying for forbearance all the time. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but let's say that there's 100,000 people a month across the United States that have applied for forbearance on an average, and now that's gone up 3,000 plus percent. That is an astonishing number. Now, I want you to think about this for the, for the real estate market. If Let's say everyone that applies for forbearance is granted the forbearance and they, they agree to the forbearance and they take it. So they have three months where they don't make their payments. What percentage of people do you think at the end of three months will still be financially in trouble and won't be able to make their mortgage payment? We saw this in 2008 through 2013. I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that we're going to revisit 2008 through 2013, especially the end of 2007, 8, and 9 were catastrophic for homeowners, where property values dropped anywhere from 25 to 36% across the country. What I'm saying is this, is right now in California and Arizona, and I would have to say, I can give you, you know, uh, solid statistics for these two states where I'm actively involved as a real estate broker. But across the country, short sales and REOs or, or bank foreclosures are less than 3% of our market right now. In 90 days from now, what's going to happen if even 20% of the people that actually take a forbearance agreement can't make their payments? The bank has the right to start the foreclosure process. Well, the next step from forbearance is a loan mod or a short sale. I can tell you from experience that they went through forbearance and couldn't make their payments. Odds are they're not going to get a loan modification approved. They don't have the income to sustain it. So they're going to have to sell their property as a short sale if they don't have equity. If they do have equity, they don't need to do a short sale. They're just going to need to sell their home or else the bank will start the foreclosure process. So what's going to happen to our market? Well, I predict that by the end of summer, um, beginning of fall, we're going to see an increase in short sales and foreclosures of about 15 to 30%. And I know these are very broad numbers, but we just don't know what's going to happen. So if there is a 15% 
increase in distressed properties, short sales and foreclosures, that would mean across the board we're looking at anywhere from, say, 20 to 25% of the available properties on the market will be distressed, short sale or foreclosure. The good news is that that doesn't mean the market is going to tank because banks do not sell properties on a short sale below market value unless they need work. And if they need work, your actual retail value to the property is still going to be at market value. You're just going to, de to deduct for repairs, which is a whole other podcast that, that I'll do. My point is this. I'm not predicting the market is going to tank. I predict that we're going to see an adjustment in the market. I think we're going to see a decrease in um, property values, maybe 3%, maybe up to 6% at most, because there's not a lot of inventory. The coronavirus has slowed down, has slowed down the buying process. The buyers that were qualified, some of them are not qualifying now, and homeowners are staying put and filing for forbearance. So my point in this, this forbearance um, podcast is the forbearance process is good if you need it. If you don't need it, my suggestion is don't do it. Buckle down and make your payments on time. Don't mess with your credit just to be able to float for three months. That's my suggestion. If you truly cannot make your payments, then I'd absolutely apply for forbearance. But look at the terms. Look at how it's going to affect your future. In regards to the market, in the next three to six months, three to five months actually, we're going to see a shift. Things are shifting now. So for buyers, I don't predict you're going to get the big fire sale deal that people are talking about. I don't predict that we're going to see values drop 15, 20, 25 percent. There's just not enough inventory there and people have equity. So people are hunkering down and they're going to stay in their home. If they don't have to sell, they're not going to sell. People that truly have to sell are going to get market value for their property. Not to say that there's not deals out there, but I don't think the sky is falling. Um, there's too much in place to keep the sky from falling right now. And even if, if you take away the coronavirus and we're looking at real numbers, inventory is extremely low right now and buyers are still demanding properties. So we have a lack of inventory and we have a demand for housing. The market predicts what home values are, and with more buyers than there are available homes, the market's going to stay strong, at least for now. So I know I've kind of talked um, about several things in regards to forbearance in the market right now, but the bottom line with, for, uh, with a forbearance situation is please read the paperwork. Please make sure that what you're signing is what you agree to. Too many people get stuck on a buzzword and they think it's a, uh, you know, a, a quick fix for their situation. And for some, it will be a quick fix. But it is not the end-all, be-all solution for every individual. If you have any questions about forbearance, short sales, anything to do with real estate, feel free to reach out to me. I can be reached directly on my cell phone at 951-834-2840. You can email me. Troy at TroySage.com. That's T-R-O-Y at T-R-O-Y-S-A-G-E.com. I don't care where you're at, anywhere in the country. I'll be happy to help you and uh, at least guide you down your path. Hopefully, um, you are all safe. Everyone that's listening to this, that you are healthy. You stay mindful uh, of your surroundings. Protect yourself from this, this horrible virus. And remember, 
this too shall pass, my friends. It always does. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe. Please help us out and spread the word. If you're a lender or anyone that would like to be uh, on this program with me, I'd love to discuss real estate matters with you. So reach out to me via email or give me a call. Thanks again for listening. This is Real Estate Talk. My name is Troy Sage. It is April 8th, 2012. Make it a great day.